everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Chat. As always, I am your panel moderator, Casey, and tonight we are doing a special top five episode of top five best storylines written by Ron Calavardi, who, of course, throughout his daytime career has crafted stories for One Life to Live, General Hospital, and since 2017, Days of Our Lives. Um, of course, look, we know there is so much to discuss soap-wise, especially at The Young and the Restless, but we'll, we'll, we're going to save that for next week. We're just going to have lots of fun tonight discussing some of Ron's best stories. Um, but anyway, before we jump into things, let's check in on our co-host. Alan, how are you? I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rodrigo, how you doing, baby? How you doing, Casey? I'm doing well, thank you. Um, and then uh, the Dorian to my Vicky Tiggs, how are you? I'm fine, Casey. No, I'm fine, Tasty. I swear it sounded like you said your name was Tasty at the beginning of the podcast. Why? Well, Why? One of the fans gonna, gonna be like, no, Casey, it did sound like you said Tasty. Honey, tasty Hutcherson. If Rodrigo's the one asking, he can call me anything, okay? Anyway. <laughs> Here we go. Chelsea <laughs> spanked me, pull my hair. <laughs> I don't know. I saw the picture that Chaz posted of his stairs on Twitter. Maybe I'm, you know, hitting up the wrong man. Sorry. Uh, okay, because Chaz thinks he got damn crystal cancer in this motherfucker. I, said, oh. I know. He was like, oh, the mover's just here. I'm like, okay, uh, Angela Channing. Um, shout out to Chaz. Yeah. We miss you, Chaz. He'll be back next week. Uh, but anyway, let's just hop into things. Alan, since this amazing top five was suggested by you, let's begin with you. Uh, so what comes in at number five on your best Ron Calabarri stories? Number five, I have Paris, Texas, Want to Live. Oh. When people think of Ron, they think of over-the-top stories, like very campy and sometimes very rapey. But Paris, Texas was actually a well-crafted story. It was lovely. It had Vicky coming to after the breakup of Clint coming to the small town in Texas and finding love with Charlie and being, being new friends with Gigi, Noelle, what does it Mo, I think. Yeah, it was just lovely. And it also had drama. The climax of the story had freaking Marcy holding people hostage with a gun in that freaking, freaking restaurant or diner. So yeah, I I love Parasexus. I know you know I have a reputation for a lot of like he's worried about older characters, but I love Parasexus. I did too because yeah. Paris, Vicky's in Paris, and come to find out she in country ass Paris, Texas as a fucking waitress. I said okay. That, that's that was such really a, like that's <laughs> such an underrated storyline in my opinion too. It was so well crafted, and the way they used Erica Slazak's real life uh, vacation—that's where the story came from—is. Vicky, you know, her breakup with Clint and she's fed up with the whole family. She needs to get away from Landview and she, we think she's going to Paris. And then a month or two later comes by and Erica Slade's ass back and they recap that Vicky went to Paris, Texas and started a whole new life for herself. And people were like, at first I was like, oh no, Vicky got this, she got, this is another personality she got. Like, this is a, what's going Why is Vicky <laughs> slinging hash? Why is she slinging hash in Paris, Texas? Then you got it. You understood. 
Vicky needed a break. She just needed a break from life. And look, because Vicky Victoria the underground cities, yeah. her megalomaniac father, all these split personalities, Friends. all these kids. <laughs> Vicky okay, called her back from okay. the dead. Yes, yeah, so I yes. understood why Vicky wanted to heat up some Wendy's chili. Okay. Right. And you introduced some new characters like Carafax, you know, Gigi Morasco and started that whole thing with Rex having some of them yeah. his past and um, you know it tied together you know Marcy going crazy over that baby um, <laughs> over over who was that that was uh, Todd well Victor but it was Todd we thought it was Todd at the time so it was Todd's yeah. baby um, with that crazy Margaret and uh, so it just tied so many storylines together and Ron found a way to you know Erica Slezak, she is the queen of that show. And he would think, you know, Ron is good at using his, you know, the 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 characters that people want to see. They want to see Vicky. And that was a well-crafted storyline, fair. Oh, yeah. If like, he was that YNR, he would have got mail at Emmy by now. Shit. Right. Ron loves to make sure. Exactly. Yes, yes, he does. Definitely. Yes. Um, so, Rodrigo, let's go to you. What comes in at number five for your list? Uh, number five on my list, and I, I guess the Days fans calls it the, you know, shoot the bride storyline. So the storyline with John and Marlena's wedding from hell and the return of Kristen Demera and Sammy crashing the wedding and, and then ending with Marlena getting shot and we had us a ball game. This was one of Ronnie's, you know, big storylines on his return. You know, I think within his year, within a year of him coming to the show, he crafted this umbrella juicy storyline of Chris and the mare bag, but this time played by Stacey Hyduke, um, just making her return to daytime in a, you know, a role that we didn't think could be recastable, you know, with Eileen, you know, Davidson making it so iconic. And, you know, Chris said, the red dress, she pops up in the red dress and Sammy just knocks the, Susan's teeth, well, we thought it was Susan's teeth over and those teeth went flying and <laughs> it just chaos ensued. And I was like, you know what? Ron gets it. He gets this show. Uh, and, and having so much John history, Marlena, like you know, even so much history there. Even that's a hist historical moment from the Kristen, Susan, John, Elvis wedding mess um, in the nineties. Right. The Paris baby so paid, about Kristen, and yeah, all of that great stuff. So it paid homage to all that good stuff, and you know, ended with Marlena shot and Drake Hogerson doing the work of his career in that storyline. Shoot, um, Martha Madden. He did like. <laughs> Drake, should have been Drake nominated, but that you, was motherfuckers. He, he can do more than he, a purple eyebrow, motherfucker. Shit. Exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. he was ready to whoop Isabella's ass in that goddamn hospital. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. When he gritted his teeth and he said, be oh. careful where you stop. I was like, oh, okay. Damn. Yes, and it turned into a more character-driven type plot line instead of like a plot-driven story. It was more character. Just because they just dwelled, it dwelled more into you know, Belle's point of view and Sammy's point of view and yeah, Eric's true. point, you know what I mean? So like, it just blended so much history and family and, and that's one of Ron's best. So that's number five for me. 
great, great choice. Tiggs, what about you, darling? Number five for me is the introduction of Paulina and Chanel. They haven't even been on the show for a year, and it feels like they've been there for years. Like, I mean, Jack A, Jack A. Like, you know, I mean. Enough said, yeah. You know, but, you know, with both Chanel's, you know, Precious Way did, she did what she had to do, even though I've come to prefer Raven Bowles. But, like, you know, Raven Bones. Bowles. But, um, yeah, the introduction of those characters and finally giving Abe a viable love interest that he ain't had since Lexi died 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wasn't a fan of the twist of Lonnie, but I'm over it now. I'm like, okay, I guess. And then giving us Marla Gibbs as her mama. It just, it, it, it's a treat. It's a treat. It, it's, it's one of those things where I'm always happy to see her on my screen. I, I would love to see Pauline five days a week if I, if I could. Like just, she just brings this, this energy. She has chemistry with everybody. And the way she reacts to these crazy ass motherfuckers in Salem whenever she learns some new information <laughs> is how a real person would react, especially a black person. Like, who? She, <laughs> she cannot who? Ain't that her granddad? Right. Oh, oh, that used to be her dad, but that, oh, okay. I need to drink. <laughs> Shit, like, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. She's probably, yeah. Because, yeah, her and Chanel were my best new characters of the year last year. Like and like I said, they ain't even been on the full year. They were, yeah. And they've made yeah. such a great yeah. impact on this show. So that's and then, and Ron, Ron took it seriously. It wasn't, a, you know, Jack Ed's coming on the show. It was going to be a one month like Jack Athon. It was a real yeah, it wasn't story. A, it's a crafted, yeah. it's a crafted story. It's something that there's a beginning, middle, and end to this. And it's, you know, you know, I wasn't a fan of that the Abe twist, but I got some good material out of, you know, James Reynolds and Sal Stowers and you know, those actors are getting to shine in all of this. So it's a win for everybody in this storyline. Um, so yeah, that's that. I agree. Takes Pauline and Chanel. They brought they brought fresh life into this show, in my opinion. And it's the first time Ross really been able to create new characters. Other than Leo, that will be successful because he's created a lot of duds. Because if you think about it, Stefan, that addictive <laughs> guy, French guy's character sucked. Sucked. Uh, Jake sucks. So yeah. So finally succeeding with new characters. Yeah. Um, well, coming in at number five for me is also um, a Days of Our Lives storyline he did that got a lot of attention. And that is the Adrian and Bonnie story, um, along with Marlena and Hattie, you know, the dueling doppelgangers that took over Salem. It was his first big story. And, you know, he we have said for a long time that we believe Judy Evans, for some reason, they don't use somebody as iconic um, as much as they should. And Ron rolled up his sleeves and honestly gave her some of the best material she's had in quite a while um, in many, many, many years. And then, you know, you throw in Deidre Hall and, you know, I will never forget uh, when Hattie, I forget who she was talking to, but, uh, she diagnosed them with bisexual disorder um, <laughs> instead of bipolar. <laughs> and so, I mean, the comedic timing between these two actresses was great. 
Um, you know, Judy Evans crying and hollering in that prison cell for months on end was great. It was just a very well-crafted story and quite the way to um, start with a bang at that show. And, you know, also, I didn't mind that he killed off Angelica because he kind of saved Morgan Fairchild's portrayal in the middle of it. So kudos for such a great story and a great way for him to have introduced himself to Days of Our Lives. Um, so Evan, let's head back to you. What comes in at number four for you? Number four, I have Jerry Jack's Poisoning Park Charles General Hospital. Yes. Mm, yeah. Yes. If, if you think about it, that was really Ron's first, first big epic story on that show. So I know he came on and killed a few people off. He killed Cole and that baby. But the war poisoning was his first real, like, I'm here, bitch's story. Because he did an event that had the whole town in jeopardy, but he didn't have the freaking Jill Fernfell's Bob Goose a budget. But he pulled it off because everyone was in jeopardy. And it still had mistakes. And and it had action because you had freaking Alexis on that freaking docks with Jerry Jacks and Sean saving the day. I did enjoy that story. My favorite part was Tracy trying to scheme to get that damn uh, antidote. Um, for Edward. antidote he, yeah. he ended up giving it to Emma and John Engel was so cute with his thumbs up. That was my favorite part of that entire story. No, that was Ron. That was an homage he paid to the early days, you know, the Gloria Monty days of GH because that was, you know, you could tell you know, Ron watched that show growing up as well. He was a fan of that action and adventure, and he put his own spin, in, you know, into a tale that, you know, they would have done in the 80s. Uh, the poisoning of the water, you know, that's, that is 80s GH right there, you know, right there, up there with Freezing the World. So it's, it's you know, that was, it was a great story. I loved it, you know. All those moments, things, you know, with the Tracy trying to get the water antidote for herself, for Edward, and Edward giving it to Emma. And, you know, they had those moments of seriousness and, you know, over the topness. And it was a nice blend of them both. Well, and, you know, it like ushered in, you know, the 50th anniversary. Um, mm -hmm. It kind of, you know, came on the heels and, it was just so well done, you know, because the show desperately needed a V8 at that point. Um, it did, and then it yeah. coincided with them um, switching time slots after One Life ended and everything. So they needed something Couric by a million viewers, and yeah. Ooh, so good. So, so good. Um, Tix, what about you? What comes in at number four on your list? My number four is your, was your number five, yeah. Bonnie and Adrian switching places. It, it was it, it, it was genius. It's one of those things where it's staring you right in the face, but a lot of writers wouldn't have did. Like, oh, Judy have to play Bonnie. Oh, she played Adrian. Blah blah blah. But Ron's just like, well, yeah, she played both characters. You about to do that shit again? I'm going to take advantage of the fact that Bonnie Lockhart looks just like Adrian Kiriakis. Nobody has ever made this comparison before for some reason, but now they are. So they took advantage of that. And I still want Bonnie to be Adrian's twin. They might as well just do it. 
Just make her make her Jack and Steve's sister, make Mimi Abigail and them's cousin. Just do it. But um, yeah, that that that's my number four. Like, if, yeah, and I forgot all about Hattie and Marlena and shit. I forgot all about that angle. I was just thinking about Bonnie and Ava. Yeah, that's my number four. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was just very iconic performances, like all the way around, and I think that's what made it so enjoyable because. When Ron gets to a show, the first thing he does is make the cast wake the hell up. And, you know, I believe that's in large part due because when he does come to a show, he does tell a big story each and every time. Um, Rodrigo, what about you? What's coming in at number four? Uh, number four for me is Will's Return from the Dead on Days of Our Lives. Um, the show, Right or Wrong, a very, very huge wrong when they had been kill Will, um, which I thought was always stupid. Um, very dark period of the show's history. Thank you, Josh Griffith and Dina Higley um, for that mess. Um, but Ron came in and if you're gonna do a Back from a Dead storyline, have Ron write it because you know, he made it plausible that, you know, Will was out there, you know. Susan had him in Tennessee somewhere, and, you know, they managed to get Eileen Davidson back to play Susan, and uh, there's those scenes, and, you know, Sammy seeing her son back, and just the emotions of that, all you know, all, all that, and Will not having his memories, and, you know, the fling with Paul, and their story, and um, it, it was a whole combination of, like, a beginning, middle, and an end, and I was happy to see Will back, Jeff Massey back in the role, he was actually acting again, he wasn't thinking about pizza, or anything like that, he just went back into the role like he never left. And that's my number four. Definitely. And again, you know, history played a huge part into that. I mean, it's just amazing what Ron was able to do with Days of Our Lives in those first few months and really, you know, say, hey, the show has some issues to fix. Let's address them now and get it going. And yeah. Like, bring great. out the fact that Ryan Kwan was the one who suggested Susan Lawrence had Will. That's Ryan's idea. Yes. And then, you know, having, you know, what I like about Ron is because he worked himself up from the bottom at One Life to Live in the late 90s, he listens to those types of people on his writing team. So having Ryan Kwan there for the history you know, listening and then like Sherry Anderson was brought back, it just makes a more well-balanced team in the beginning of his tenure there. Uh, for me, coming in at number four, uh, Alan already mentioned it uh, for his number four as well, but it's the water pathogen story on GH. I mean, Alan, you basically summed it up perfectly. It was just a great way to kick off everything leading up to the 50th. It combined every single vet on the show uh, with just every generation on the show from people in their 30s all the way down to little Emma Scorpio. So, I mean, it was absolutely perfect. Um, and I think, Rodrigo, it was you who brought up the whole Tracy thing and the anecdote, and it was amazing. It was truly, you know, getting 
GH back to what it was at its height during the Ice Princess story of somebody demanding an astronomical amount of money from the city to cure them. And it was fabulous from start to finish. And it's truly an unforgettable story and the story that saved the show. Um, so Alan, back to you. What do you have coming in at number three? Number three, I have Sin, Days of Our Lives. Is when you think about it, when Ron's legacy of Days of Our Lives, people are gonna think about Ben and Sierra because it was such a risk to put a serial killer who killed three women with Bo and Hope's daughter. But it worked. Robin, uh, Scott Wilson, and Victoria Conifel have great chemistry. I know people on Twitter are fretting about where Rob is allegedly putting his dick, but get a life. It's not your business. But anyway, I have my issues with the writing with Ben and Sierra lately, but they're still a great couple, and they're a big part of Ron's legacy with Days of Our Lives. That's what people are going to think when they think of Ron saying on the show, sin. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, regardless um, of all of our gripes with how they've been written lately, he created a very, very popular pairing. Um, and I think it just goes to show the magic of daytime still that even in, you know, the 2020s, uh, popular couples can still be created that matter to so many fans. So yeah, great choice. They were popular from the very start because you were a high poorly even freaking you can bet just a picture of Ben carrying Sierra got people hyped for him. Yeah, definitely. Right off of that yeah. motorcycle by the embankment. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Rodrigo, keep your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, that's a great choice. I mean, look, I, I recognize the popularity of those two. I mean, I've always said they're they're a great representative of this show. They have, you know, they're sexy looking and, you know, they're always teen days and um, I'm all for that. Um, I just wish their storyline matched, but I mean, that's, that's just me. I just, you know, they've gone well, through four years. Yeah, like I, 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 just need, I need Sierra to, it, to want a life outside of Ben. Yeah, they've they <laughs> gone through 10 years of storylines in four years. Yeah, they didn't cram a decade like, of story in three years. Yeah, the fact that they're the fact that they're already discussing the fact that they're already discussing babies is truly such a shame because uh, I don't know they should, they need to be a little more action they need to be a little more of what Ron would have written for somebody their age on like General Hospital or something. That needs mm-hmm. a new job because Mechanic is not a good soap job. It, it's not, and... Okay, anyway. It can't be a cop because he killed three women, so big on PR side. Well, I mean, you know, uh, we say that, but this is a soap opera, and, you know, you look at other soap operas, like Michael Baldwin, we just had this special episode of The Young and the Restless, and after the things he did, and he's still practicing law. He's the yeah, DA of the man. town. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and much as I love Christian Bond, y'all know how I feel about I, I've always hated Mike. Always hated take care. Oh, self-righteous prick. <laughs> anyway, back to Rod. Um, let's see, Tiggs, what about you? What do you got next on your list? Um, next on my list, my number three is uh Ace's Death. 
I love that mm. Phil Carey was able to get his flowers while he was still here. Like Ron killed Asa off just beautiful. Like it wasn't no, oh, you know, Phil Carey's still alive, so he gonna come back from the dead, no shit like that. It was like, no, Phil's he's sick. We might as well just go ahead and do this right now. Now that I I, I have no problem with that. If you want to kill off somebody like that because the betrayers getting older, they're getting sick, shit like that. Do it and do it right. Like Alan said, we're casting a wine on her 2008 fake death was better than her, her 2013 real death. Having Paul and Cricket get married at her goddamn funeral at the stupid ass park. But yeah, like Ace's death just, it revitalized that show for me. Because I was kind of a little bored with one life. And then Ron came and just, I was like, I loved it. The last, the last five years of that show was great because of him. He had some turkey, but a lot of them was good turkey dinners. So, but yeah, Ace's death is number three for me. Yeah, you know, looking back at his time at One Life to Live, you know, that is such an iconic way to lay a character to rest. And, you know, just one of the greats of that show, one of the greatest characters ever invented in soap opera. And, you know, that would have been a very hard task for most writers, but not Ron. Ron truly rolled up his sleeves then and gave a beautiful send-off to that character and Phil Carey. Um, Great send-off. And, yeah. Yeah. and I'm just yeah. so happy he, he was able to see it before he passed for real. Like, yes. you know. I remember Blair I checking the mirror at the fashion of flashback of Mia Korf. I could, yeah, I'll tell you what, that was <laughs> the best mm. moment of the whole episode. <laughs> oh. I oh, love seeing what's his name, Nathan Fillion back, and um, yeah, having Nathan back. Yeah, James De, James DePaiva had came back to the show at the time, and um, so they brought back the right amount of characters to that funeral, and uh, oh, the moment between Joey and Dorian, that one little moment they had. Because uh, I love that story. Like, the whole thing uh, will and yeah, it was all yeah, fun. beautiful. Well, Rodrigo, head us up to your pick for number three. Well, my number three, I think uh, Alan already brought it up, is number five, and that was Paris, Texas, on One Life to Live. Um, just a well thought out story using, you know, Erica Slezak had gone on her yearly vacation and Ricky had left town and everyone thought she was going to Paris and, you know, she ends up in Paris, Texas, slinging hash at this diner. Um, You just didn't know Vicky was having an episode, you know, Vicky was another personality is, you know, this is Alice, you know, (laughs) doing the old show Alice and Vicky's, Vicky's Alice. I was like, no, what's going on? But it just, you know, Vicky, poor Vicky just needed a break. She just needed a break from life, from being, you know, Queen Victoria of Landview Manor. And, you know, <laughs> so she needed, to, she needed to get up, she needed to get her ass out. And she met Charlie and then she met Gigi and then Gigi had history with Rex. And, you know, the whole thing with you know, Marcy taking the baby um, and how that 
you know, Marcy taking people hostage. I'm like, God damn, Marcy going crazy. And, but it all, you know, spilled over in Paris, Texas, and everything was connected. And that's what I loved about Brian. He knows how to do an umbrella story. Like everything was connected to one thing or another. And you just love to see it. And then, you know, you got new characters out of that, you know, Gigi and then their son, her son was Shane, with Rex, Shane, and um, that whole storyline started, you know, so it was, it was great. I love that. So Paris, Texas, number three. And he gave Marcy her damn miracle, baby. I swear, I think, well, besides Nicole on days, I think Marcy is the only other person that ever that I wanted to have a miracle, baby. Because they did my girl so wrong. Drove that woman crazy. Oh, yeah, Oh yeah, that Marcy was. Ooh, she went off the deep end, chat. Okay, I was like, how? Fuck up. <laughs> she told up. She like, why? Why I gotta get my baby back to that crazy ass rapist? Shit. Mm-mm. Just a great story all around. Um. Well, coming in for number three for me is another um, amazing. One Life to Live story, in my opinion, and that is The Tale of Two Tots. Um, you know, the Ooh. show, one of the last big stories they got to tell before uh, you know who decided that the show shouldn't exist anymore. Um, but, you know, a great reintroduction to Roger Howarth coming back to the show. Um, just, I can't, I don't even know where to begin. The story was just fabulous. Um, even though, the background to get there might have been a little convoluted with Irene, but I was still here for it. And just, you know, the back and forth and uh, Taya's involvement and Blair's involvement and, you know, how it impacted um, Todd's children and um, how Victor loved those kids and how it impacted Vicky. It literally, you know, was a story that reverberated throughout the whole canvas and was fabulous. And even right up until the very final episode, Blair and Todd were still unsure where they wanted to go. And then, you know, John McBain busted up in that room and ready to arrest Roger Howard's Todd. And um, God, I wish the show was still on because I really, you know, wanted to see how Ron would have handled all of that. Um, how the, if the show would have still gone on through ABC. Um, and that's where like one of the best episodes ever, which is the Ferny to Row episode. Yes, I'm pruning it. Right. Yeah, Ron ended that. He, that was a great cliffhanger. I would have loved it, seeing where he would have taken that. Because yeah, the tale of two Todds. It just that it kept that show going right to the end. Yeah. And it's so great um, that we're doing this show today. Yeah. You know, tomorrow is the 10-year anniversary since the last episode. Which is crazy mm, to think about that. That's ten right. God. Wow. 10 years. Oh my God. <sighs> but what a great, what a great idea, Alan. What a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I told y'all Alan's making Alan in this bitch. Thank you. Alice, big. Oh, Alice, like, thank you to the Academy and to Tiggs. And, <laughs> um, all righty. Well, back to Bill Getty Sarappa. Uh, what comes in at number two on your list? Number two, I have Nash's death. Is that was dramatic as fuck? Oh, yes. Yeah, Dorian taking over the fucking Canada Enterprises, that fucking 
fabulous hat, <laughs> Flint strangling her, Jared and Nash fighting and falling through the skyline as David Gray slow motion played. It was epic. And the consequences were went on for a while because freaking Tess came out of Jessica, locked Natalie in the basement. I would have locked that bitch in there too. Fuck you, Tiggs. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> ah, look, I finally, no, no, finally I, after all I these keep seasons. forgetting, I forgot that he's like the only person in the universe that likes Natalie. Finally, though, after all these seasons, Alan but that raggedy uh, yeah. bitch stood back and let Jared play the entire family. Fuck that. Dick was too good. Go, Marty Saybrook. I'm serious, yes. Go, Marty Saybrook. Ow! But, well, what's crazy, though, I actually, I actually like Natalie on the Prospect Park reboot because John wasn't there. Just like with AMC, I actually like Zach because Kendall wasn't there. Go figure. We got to be careful to mention them show tigs. We don't know if Prospect Park might find a loophole. So they don't own that damn show no more. ABC rights. They they own all that shit, even the bad reboots. <laughs> even the bad, which you can now watch on Apple TV for free. So, um. Anyway, uh, Tiggs, what about you? Um, the Tell of Two Times is my number two. Yeah, it just it, it to me. I, I loved it. It, it, it just. Like from the moment Blair sees him and Roger Howard looks at her and he's just like, you can't tell me, you don't know who I am. I screamed at my TV. It, it was just one of those things where it was a perfect storm that two fan bases got what they want. All the Todd and Taya fans, all the Todd and Blair fans. Cause I'm like, yeah, I was always Todd and Blair all motherfucking day. Him and Taya were okay, but she had better chemistry with Trevor St. John. So I'm like, Taya's gonna get her man and her happy ending, and Blair gonna get hers. And them bitches ain't have to kill each other to do. So it was just, it, it was just, I love it. Yes, the story and Irene, that, all that shit was convoluted. But it took him a while, but he he got to where he needed to go. <laughs> shit. And I would love if the show was still on just to kind of see Todd and Victor pretty much being a dis- dysfunctional version of the Bobby twins. Oh, so great. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, and then Rodrigo, what about you? What's coming in next for you? All right. My number two is the introduction of Ava Jerome on General Hospital. Um, you dirty motherfucker, Rodrigo. That's my number one. That was my number oh. one. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you guys were saying like this. I didn't have her on my list because of that. I knew oh, all three of you were She was going to, I was, it was hard to, you know, I love me my more West. I hate you. Oh, when this character came on my screen on May 8th, 2013. Uh, um, <laughs> in Eric and house. <laughs> just opened that door and more to the damn West, just showing up looking like 40s bombshell film noir goddess that she is. And just just the first words that come out of her mouth and she just exuded this new character. I was like, who, it just made me forget about that, that young and a restless that they screwed her over on. And I was like, fuck that. This is the role she was born to play after playing Carly Tenney for so many years. 
Ron just created this character out of history. There was no actual Ava Jerome, but there was a Jerome family. So he pulled from 80s GH history and you can just come up with a Jerome if you wanted to. It didn't have to be the ones we actually saw on screen. And he just mixed not only that, but he mixed Ava's mother being Delia Ryan. Oh, that, Ryan that was my Pope. favorite fucking part of the whole damn story. That was yes. homage. Yeah. If That's ever a, I saw oh. one to ABC Daytime, if ever I saw one. And it made sense because a character God. like Delia Ryan was a, was a hot ass mess. You could see her being Ava Jerome's mother. So they explained that really well. Um, and we just had a ball game with Ava. Ava came into town and Ava just, just didn't have time for no mess. You saw her as a trained assassin. You saw her kill Connie Falconeri, Kate, ah, whatever the hell. Jesus. Everyone like to this day give her, gives her the key to the city for that killing. No one cares except for maybe Sonny. Um, not even Olivia cares that much because you see she, you know, whatever. Um, so Ava just slid her way into the Corinthos family organization, made Sonny think he was off his meds, seduced Morgan, uh, just, oh, and Maura West just did it with just just the queen that she is. She won an Emmy for this role. She's been nominated ever since, since then. She should have won several more, but that's another story. Uh, but Well, and even um, the Ron, blood cancer story, um, you know, the way yeah, she turned all out that, was then, beautiful. Yeah. And I'll even give, you know, Mara West, you know, she's a, she, turning shit in the sugar war. I mean, that Denise DiMuccio shit. Okay, come, know, baby! As much... <laughs> as much as much as we clown that, Morris said, "Fuck it. You want me to play this stupidity? This stupidity? I'll do it as best as I can." And she she rose to the occasion. As dumb as that story was, I forget. I she handled that. She handled it. But Ron Carlotti creating this character just you just Ron just knows how to create characters like this. This prototype type character. The 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 femme fatale, the, you know, can't trust her, but, you know, but Mara just, she just sold it. And any any other actress, you know, Ron wrote Ava to a corner several times, but Mara, the damn West said, no, I'm going to make you love me, love this character, no matter how how many foul things she does, you still love Ava Jerome. So yes. that's my number two. Definitely. Oh, God, I just, I can't, like, the best character he created um, in his time there. And, oh, Mara freaking West. God love that woman. Um, For me, coming in at number two um, is such a great story that I loved uh, that Ron did not too long ago on Days of Our Lives. And he's done many of these, but this one sticks out to me the most as the best. And that is the Kristen and Nicole mask. I thought that was just a great story, great execution. The big climax at uh, the party with John and Marlena, John being the one 
And people thought John was just beating up Nicole, you know, wailing on her. And he pulled off that mask and Stacy Hyduke growled. And oh my God, it was just so gasmic. And the way that Nicole played Kristen playing Nicole and waving that gun around for an hour every day. And it was just amazing. And, you know, it was another one of those stories, much like uh, the wedding of John and Marlena, that just cemented Stacy further in the deliciousness of this role and how Stacy truly never, ever phones it in. Um, and honestly, it was kind of like the last Kristen story that Ron has written where I found like it felt like Kristen um, because then after that came heroin Kristen and Ron tried to make her something she wasn't, but that's another podcast. Too many masks. Yeah, too many masks after that. But that one, that one was just well-crafted, well-executed. The actresses, both of them, rose to Yeah, you could, you could tell Arian had a ball. I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's because, had that's a, because yes. it, it, wasn't even, it wasn't even her playing Kristen playing Nicole. That's how Nicole should act all the fucking time. <laughs> that's Nicole. I miss the drunk bitch that had a martini and her dog Pookie in her motherfucking purse. That's Nicole Walker. Not somebody lusting over some bitch-ass race. I tell you, teddy bear. Tiggs, that's no, a I don't even see that front. That's the, no, that's that's that damn King Cordet because he had such a fucking hard nut for Galen giving that stupid care. I don't want to hear about King Cordet's hard nuts. I just want to hear <laughs> storylines. Oh, Jesus. <sighs> anyway, uh, Alan, I'm curious. Take us to your number one since you were separate from your co host tonight. Just probably guess what I have number one. Any guesses? I don't know. I swear if it's something to deal with Natalie, I'm shutting down this podcast early. Okay, good lord. <laughs> it is Jared and Natalie. Okay. Yeah. So Alan, where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> right. I tell you, I, I was so damn happy when of Jared all... died. I was so happy when they killed Jared off. I'm like, kill him again. I want that bitch. I was watching Brian Anyway, but I loved him because it freed, <laughs> it freed my Natalie from the tyranny of John McVeigh's dick because ugh, they were terrible together. And they just had so much chemistry. And the forbidden romance of Jared pretending to be a Buchanan and Natalie's kind of hot for her uncle or cousin, was whatever. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so yeah, they're hot. Oh yeah, fabulous. Okay, Alan, thank you for your contribution. Not, um, <laughs> not tonight, honey, I'm tired. Um, so, Tiggs, go ahead and explain your Ava Jerome standness for your number one. It's just, like I said, that was my favorite part. Like, that, that's what I love about Ron. Like, for him to go into the ABC vault and make Delia Corbis from Brian's Folk, her mother, and giving me that damn Eileen Christie. I, I just, I, it was a stroke of fucking genius. Cause what no other writer would have did that. For to make a popular character from a soap that went off the air 30 years ago, the mother of a current character on a current, they, they would have never thought of, never. Maybe Bill Bell, Brad Bell in his heyday. But yeah. Like, <laughs> 
because you know, yeah, him making maybe Megan McTavish in her heyday too, but yeah, because you know he he had made uh Justin some random ass cousin of Drew Sillas and Olivia for what? That was so out of whack. That was so just for what? You bring Tiny Lee Williams back for that, but you can't bring her back with her own fucking son. I've been on the show for five years. Okay, whatever. But um, yeah, just I think. I've always loved Ava, always loved more with but I think my favorite moment from Ava is when she shot Olivia's ass. <laughs> I guess. God damn it. <laughs> when when Carly has yes. sent Sean's no aim having ass to go kill Franco and Olivia got shot instead and Sonny told Carly, if she dies, you die. And I'm like, even right there, Carson already don't got chemistry no more. But after that, how can you still be a Sonny and Carly fan after he said that to her? But, um, yeah. but And we really did think that Sean did it. And then to see Ava with that motherfucking sniper, I needed a motherfucking cigarette. A Newport 100 in a box. God damn it. I nah, said, okay. that's not a box. And then she she saved us all and killed that punk-ass Connie. My Kate Howard is Megan Ward. That bitch was Connie Falconeri. I don't know her. With her nonsense, this bitch AJ. Ava's name only three letters, bitch. AJ Quarterman dead because of you. Fuck on. <laughs> that was such yeah, a great cliffhanger, though. Yeah, I it was. That. Like that's my number one. And like, like Rodrigo said, Ava has done some terrible big things. Terrible. But you don't care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. <Nope. Shit. laughs> I, I hate those 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 Carson fans on Twitter who are you act like Sonny and Carly are fucking Steve and Angie Hardy in this motherfucker. They are terrible people. Terrible. They are no better than Ava. So why does she become the, the, the dumping ground? Fuck them. Shit. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, want to mention Michael hating Sonny and Carly as one of the best stories. It was, was what it got Chad to the Emmy. They should have yeah. kept Michael on that path because yeah. as soon as Sonny got shot, because Mo allegedly didn't want Michael mad at him anymore, he made up with him and then he just turned Michael back into a bitch boy. Now all of a sudden, what, a month ago, now he wants to be Billy Badass again. I want Selena to slit this motherfucking throat. You threatening a mind boss. You don't get no fuck about Sonny. <laughs> For that stupid ass babe. Ugh. I will say, you know, with Mara, uh, because, you know, I said Ava was my number one too. her introduction. You know, just think about this. She'd been, she's been with the show since 2013. And this woman has been nominated five times as a leading lady for just this role. Five times. And, 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 and one, it's the first time she got nominated. She was yeah, a new character. The first, the yeah, a new character. Literally, because, you know, she got nominated for that in 2015, but that was for the 2014 year. So just her first full year on the show and she takes the trophy. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just absolutely amazing. I mean, and truly, you know, you think about Ava today, Ron created a character that is so, you know, for GH fans, top tier and Every GH fan I know wants the best for Ava. And every GH fan I know just, you know, looks at Mara West with golden eyes and sees 
her amazing performance after amazing, even on a random Tuesday where not shit is going to happen. Mara West has two scenes and it's the best episode. I mean, Ava Jerome. Yeah, just like recently, just, just that scene alone, she was in Crimson reveling in the fact that Sonny and Carly were suffering because of me. Like, just <laughs> shit like that. That's a mm-hmm. by itself. And then, you know, and, you also and almost you had a damn that. orgasm when Nina was telling her what happened at that trial. You counter that with, um, you know, the in- the reintroduction of Julian, you know, and really building up the Jerome crime family again. And yeah, that's an honorable it. mention. Make, yes. Making Sam's daddy Julian Jerome. Definitely. I'm like, all right, all right, Ronald. And then, right. you know, having a true mob war. Um, you know, Guza really petered out at the end. And we were begging that if they were going to keep the mob on the show, how could they galvanize the mobsters again? And they really did it well. And, you know, the whole Derek Wells media and then Sonny disapproving of Alexis being with Julian and, you know, Ava and, oh my God. And then Anna having to relive her painful past with the Jerome crime family and then trying to get used to a new Jerome being in Port Charles. It was just really beautifully done and well-crafted. And it all kind of stemmed from Ron's creation of Ava. And to this day, I can't imagine anybody stepping into that role so effortlessly from day one and not missing a beat as soon as she opened the door to Luke Spencer. So any other person who played that role would have been killed off within the year. Yeah, yeah I, I just, literally the, just, the, just the things that Ava had no. done. Yeah, the things that Ava did within that first year, you're like, how are they going to keep this character around? But more or less, is like, you know what? I'm staying on this show. Y'all gonna love this character. I don't care what you. <laughs> she yeah. just made you like care. Like, oh, oh that's just Connie. We, nobody cared about her. Like, it, no and one cares. And that's just it. Died. When Ava kills yeah. somebody or when Ava shoots somebody, it'll. She could shoot Audrey Hardy at this point, and she'd make you not care about Audrey anymore. <laughs> like she'd find a way. Okay, that old bitch. But it, Ava is Ron's legacy on that show. Yeah, truly. Yes, that is. It's just like how when Bill Bell created, Ju- um, not created Julie, created Laura, excuse me, you know, that was uh, his legacy for so long because he built such a huge portion of the show around her. And then with each regime, you know, she dominated the show for so many years. And so, you um, know. Uh, that, that kind of ties in with one of Ron's blunders, Casey. Don't go there. I'm still pissed. Well, yeah, that's another podcast. But tonight we're celebrating. We're <laughs> celebrating. We're going to read Ron next month, listeners. Yeah, next month. But for now, we're celebrating. New year, new us. Well, not really, but um, we're celebrating. I um, say anyway, honorable mention. Well, Rodrigo, you got to say your number one. Oh, oh go. I'm sorry, Rodrigo. Go ahead. I'll see for once. Look, oh. I don't have the Alzheimer's tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you, well, Dean. The, well, <laughs> the number one, we've already mentioned, that's the tale of two Todds, of course. Um, I mean, what can be said that hasn't been said already? Uh, having Roger Howarth come back to this role that Trevor St. John had already made his own. I was, you know, I love me some Trevor St. John. I mean, I wasn't looking for Roger Howard to come back, but if they were going to bring him back, this is the type of tale that could only make sense to bring back Rogers. He was a great recast. Like when Trevor St. John yeah. came, he had Roger Howard's mannerisms down pat. 
he had chemistry with Cassie DePaiva and Florencia Lozano. Oh, yes, honey. And, and, and the top, he had to have that chemistry with Chris Norris or one going, one shit going to work. And he did. Just and, and just Vicky's reaction, like when, when she's going over how her best friend Irene and did all this shit. And then she's thinking like, God already gets on my nerves and it's two of these motherfuckers now. Two of them. And it brought back my girl Andrea Evans was back as Tina and um the whole Irene thing, you know, it was convoluted as shit. I was like, oh god, this is some dumb shit, but I'll just suspend my belief. You know how Ron on this shit. You know how Ron did I was like you just gotta always wait for the payoff. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's just wait. Wait for the payoff. And, you know, the twist of having Todd kill Victor. I, I wasn't a big fan of that, but that was a good twist on that storyline. That just, you know, blew everything away until the last episode. When you found out that Victor was really alive and you're like, oh, shit, Allison Perkins got him. And you're like, what the hell? And then, like, okay. I, oh, man. What if? What if the show continued and they just played that storyline and oh, you wouldn't have had there would have been no reason for the Landview three to be in Port Charles at that time. You know, there would have been a show still going on. But, that, um, but that's a, it, it, that's still a nice honorable mention because yeah, he made John and Star and Todd sick, and that even led to us, you know, having the story with Taylor. And getting her baby switched with Dan. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, Todd being like, oh, your name's Sam? I have a friend named Sam. I like that name. Talking about his nephew. Just, uh, Prospect Park and kiss my motherfucking ass. But my other mm. honorable mention, even though I, I couldn't stand the fucking character, Ron tried his damnedest to make Franco work. He tried yeah, I mean, his I actually, damnedest. You know, if you got over kind of the history of it all, you know, I thought Franco, Carly, Heather, I thought that was a really interesting story. And, you yeah, know, cause, yeah, Ron the and Laura had great and, chemistry. It just didn't make sense for the, for the characters to be together. Yeah. It's like for Days of Our Lives. Paul Tepler and Nicole and uh, Arian Zucker have great chemistry. But Nicole would never, never touch Xander in a million years. No. Carly would never, ne Carly would, Carly would never have gone with no Franco. Yeah. Hell to no. Now, yeah, decision to make him Franco because at I'm that point, just 13, Franco was the least popular your hospital character ever. He was so hated. But no, they, they thought that Roger was going to be able to do the same thing he did with Todd. And we was like, no, baby. He ain't. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I mean, look, you know, what I will... It didn't work. I'll give Ron this because I really didn't have an honorable mention. But I'll give Ron this as an honorable mention. He tends to stick to his guns more than any other head writer. I mean, he will try his hardest to really get in there and make something work. Um, and sometimes, you know, I know people hate writers for that and stuff, but his commitment, I think, to how I much mean, he loves a show is really something special. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's like, and I told these crazy ass days fans that I'm like, Ooh, Ron is just a head writer. Ron has to do whatever Albert Amar and King Corday tell him to do. Like, all, like a lot of this, sometimes it's mandated. I'm pretty sure that's what we're going to call off. So it's just like, you know, you can't blame Ron for everything. 
Sometimes he's just doing what he's told and trying to make it work. Same thing with Franco. They want, like, Frank wanted Franco to work because it was Roger Howard. So they mm-hmm. were just like, well, okay, let's let's decorder him and make him Heather Weber and Scotty. So. And that's the best thing that they could have did, because that's one thing I did like about Franco. I loved everything he was in with Scotty. I will say, I, Franco. I did like Franco under Ron. I didn't like him underwriting other writing regimes where, like, revisiting Elizabeth's rape became all about him and you know everything was all about Franco 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 by the time that character was killed off I said good motherfucking riddance I was so done uh, okay oh. I was so on, I was trolling all the Frizz fans on Twitter I like Frizz now Franco ain't too bad I tried I tried you they know, was mad as a motherfucker I was like oh yeah I knew he was gonna die for months that's yeah. why I was trolling y'all they were <laughs> Alan, did you have an honorable well, mention? Honorable mention is Kyle and Fish wanted to live. They're uh, a great couple. Yes, yeah. And I, we didn't get we didn't get to see like, more of them because of behind the scenes issues. Because the butt got blamed for the fucking bad ratings and alleged personal after issues, but I loved them. Yeah, Kyle and Fish were great. That's a good one. Rodrigo, did you have good. an honorable? I have a Mr. couple. Popcorn. I have um Return of AJ Quarterman, played by Sean Kanan. I thought that was a great, um, oh, I hate it how it ended, but the way he came back was great. Um, the 50th anniversary on GH, Brandon's ball bag. Um, just that whole year of just the returns of old faces and familiar characters, and you know, he I really like Chrome. Uh, yeah, Lucy Coe and Bobby at odds, and yeah, uh, and then he tried. Lord, he tried to clear up some stuff between Laura and Luke. He tried. <sighs> Damn, Toby Geary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, um, my honorable mention. Oh no, you got another one, Rodrigo. Um, I guess the other one, you know, the the creation of Leo Stark. On Days of Our Lives, bring Greg oh. Rickhart on there. Oh, it was a genius yeah. move. Um, you know, Ron is just so good at creating the side characters, like the characters that, you know, yeah, that's did the thing this with Ron. Ron is good with the, with, the, with, the, with the campy larger than life characters. The campy, like when he brought in that one year, he brought in the bridge and Felix and Sabrina all in one year. That that, that one time he had them all. Shit, talk and, about supporting. All... Ron gave a story to Melinda Trask, like a lead story to Melinda. Right. Like, right. if Ron Kim came to live. Oh, go ahead. Don't forget Kim will have to live. Yeah, Kim. Stacy's yeah. friend, saving that story. Honestly, if Ron came to the Young of the Restless tomorrow, his new lead would be Crystal at the Grand Phoenix. She'd have a whole. Oh, backstory. I love her. I want to know more about her. I yeah, yeah. yeah. Her walk around that damn thing. She'd be Tyrone's daughter. Like, <laughs> oh. I do like that actress, though. I, I do. I like her. She needs my, to be my, like it. One of my honorable mentions is undoing Jake's death. It was a nice big fat fuck you to buy a fucking Brian from Yeah, because like I knew we wasn't gonna never ever get liaison again, but goddamn he's still a living breathing reminder that we had him once. And and I know it was to like absolve Luke, but I'm happy about that because I did not like Luke running over that child. 
I do not like that. To tell you the truth, I, I wasn't a fan of that reversal. I, I didn't see the point. I, I am. I am. I'm like, no. I'm like, fuck you, Brian Franz. Like, yes, this is all for Luke. But so what? I was so happy when Lucky brought that baby home to Elizabeth. You damn right. Shit. Killing that baby off out of spite. Fuck y'all. Um, so yeah, I mean, Ron's done a whole lot of good and, you know, it's been enjoyable to watch his stuff. And and one more, one more, Monica mentioned the whole Port Charles mention for the 50th anniversary. I didn't really like how it went down. Lucy Lucy with the vampire (laughs) slayer and Livy being dead. And Lucy seen no, I tell you what though, that was funny with Lucy seeing John McBain and going, Step back, you're Caleb, the king of vampires. And and them killing off Allison Barrington for that stupid ass son of hers. But considering that and everybody like John being like, Miss, I need you to put down the stake. Like (laughs) killing off Allison Barrington for that that loser ass son of hers. Well, considering Aaron Hershey Presley being trash, I guess she deserves it. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. Look, we wanted Aaron to stick around then, but times have changed. But yes, yeah, <laughs> you know what? And it makes too much sense, because after Port Charles in it, we just, what? why isn't Aaron Hershey Presley on my screen? We see what. Times have changed after 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can you? Casey, yeah. what's, uh, Casey, what is your honorable mention? Oh, I said I really didn't have one, so I gave it to Ron sticking to his guns when, you know, we feel things aren't really working out. Because I miss, you know, there really is no commitment from a head writer to tell any sort of story these days. Uh, Certainly not on the Bell shows. Um, But, you know, Ron really is committed to stories of any kinds that he tells. He rarely drops a story. He rarely... um, has a misfire so big like a Brad Bell would. Um, he's had his turkeys along the way, like everybody else has. You know, it's hard to stay Definitely fresh. Days are lives. Uh, well, you know, like you said, Alan, we'll get there next month. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, overall, he is really the only head writer I can think of currently in daytime that will stick to his guns and, you know, be consistent in who he is as a writer. Um, not too many people. Brad Bell do too, in a bad way. Yeah, exactly. Ron well, is, is willing to kill his darlings because he did kill off four like the last week of one life to live with like a freaking chandelier falling on him. Oh, that was so badass. I loved that last minute stunt. That was great. I think that was a, like a gift to the fans because we hated his ass. Well, yes, it was. Ooh. Um, oh, and, well, and one more honorable mention. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, no, you being the historian you are, Casey, still up there watching mm. the engine night on YouTube and shit. You'll appreciate I it. I did watch an episode of Soul Trooper tomorrow before this podcast. You see that shit? That's the shit I've become like. But yeah, um, him celebrating the anniversaries of the vets on days. Like acknowledging, you know, Susan C. Forpage's 50th anniversary and, and Bill mm. Hayden. I hate, they, I hate that, that he decided to do that by killing off Bill Horton. Yep. But yeah, um, <laughs> That and just and recently with James Reynolds, like James Reynolds has been playing A for 40 years. I've never known for A not to be on Days of Our Lives. And you know, for him to give him that special episode and let you motherfuckers know that James Reynolds is still in this bitch 40 years later. Yeah. Like, 
And yes, and a lot of people can say yes, those shows write themselves. But no, there's a difference between a Josh Griffith who gives a special episode and the actor does all the work versus a Ron Carlo body who actually knows and understands the goddamn character. Well, because Ron does actual storyline, you know. Yeah. His best anniversary episode, in my opinion, was Erica Slazak's um, 40th on One Life. And that mm-hmm. played into actual story on the show. That just wasn't yeah. a one-off special like Michael Baldwin's on YNR. That was an actual, like, in-story episode. And it just so happened to be a moment where it was right for Victoria to relive so much history and... Um, you know, using old set pieces from the 70s and, you know, flashbacks and having the altars. And I mean, that was just amazing. So Ron- I mean, he pretty much did the same thing for Marlena. Like, yeah, you know, Deidre Hall spent her 45th anniversary torturing the town to say because she got possessed again. Like, that, that, that is just, that I'm praying it gets Deidre uh, Emmy now this year well even that episode he did for Deidre when she was in heaven um with Princess Gina and Tony Um, yeah one thing about Ron he's gonna he gonna do he gonna respect the legend he's gonna respect the legend he's gonna write the hell out of a legend amen the respect he has for Deidre Hall especially with his Mardevil storyline like he is since he took over that show he has been Deidre Hall's number one fan. And for someone, like I've explained, Ron does not, did not have a history with Days of Our Lives. This is not the show he grew up watching. He was more of an ABC baby with GH and One Life to Live. And, but this show he had to learn on his own and, you know, read up on the history. And, and you know, what happened, you know, it, Shows you don't have to be someone who has a history with a show to understand a show. And this is a show that Ron was made to write was Days of Our Lives. This he is, is the, he's the, the, he is the heir. I said, yeah, he's the heir apparent to James E. Riley. This is James E. Riley's heir apparent is Ron Carlovati. I, I mean, he came on and yeah, well, okay, so you look at General Hospital. General Hospital, because of him, has now outlived its cancellation plan by a decade. And you look at Days of Our Lives. Days of Our Lives, it's been in danger of cancellation ever since I've been born, but it was truly getting scary around the time of that 50th, where ratings did not skyrocket as much as they could have. And he came Uh, in... Yeah, what do you expect, killing off Will Horton and Bo Brady? And Sierra getting raped on Tom and Alice's living room floor by her stepbrother. Having like, Abby yeah, and Chad burned in the cabin. And yeah. Um, <laughs> the best part of that 50th was Teresa. And that was not enough to save it. Um, but anyway, so where was I, Tiggs? God damn it. Uh, so anyway, you know, coming in, learning 52 years of a legendary show's history, the ratings boosting as much as they did. I think in like his first six months, the ratings went up like 400,000 and that he beat out GH for a few months. And I mean, that's just amazing. And really only Ron is the only writer in this genre still who can do such a thing because he gets it. He gets how to write daytime. He gets what the fans want and need and deserve. And he just writes a well-balanced show. Again, he has his turkeys. We're not, you know, pretending like he doesn't. 
but he's done more good for the genre than he has bad. Yeah, he loves soaps. I don't think Brad Bell loves soaps. I think Brad Bell does. I think Brad Bell is just tired of them. Yeah, Brad Bell needs to just be the EP and let Michelle Valdez. Now, I'll tell you what, though. I don't think Josh loves soaps anymore. Oh, no, no. Josh, if Josh Griffin had his way, he he would have another number one maudlin best-selling crime drama book. That would be a a podcast HBO. Leave that to James Patterson and stay in your lane, baby. Stay in your lane. But, I mean, yeah, like, Ron... He, he, his writing, like, he restored NBC space in that show. They've got a two-year renewal and, 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 a, and like, a spinoff and, and a holiday movie. Like, it got to the point where now it's exclusively on Peacock because that show was single-handedly keeping the NBC app afloat. So, yeah. like, you know, he has restored NBC space in that damn show. And mm-hmm. I just can't wait to see what's going to happen next. Suzanne Rogers is going to get her 50th next year. Allison Sweeney is going to hit her 30th in January next year. And I just can't wait to see what he has planned for Maggie and, and motherfucking Sandy. Like, because oh, Lord, you know, he going to have Maggie in them red shoes and he going to, you know, you are all my children's speeches and everything. He going to do oh, it. I, I can't wait because I, because I always tell people, I, I know Alan don't give a fuck about Maggie. Because it's just like she's really the matriarch of the show. Julie's a a bitch. Marlena's a diva. Kate's a diva. Like Maggie is the only one on that show that's as close to Alice as we gonna get. (laughs) So that that's Maggie. And I want them to do something special. Yeah, you know what? I'll agree with you there. I mean, Marlena is Marlena is not a matriarch. Marlena is the legend of the show. And there's a huge difference, you know, not saying um, Maggie isn't legendary because, of course, Suzanne Rogers is at this point. But, um, you know, Deidre is who you think about. If you go up to anybody on the street and say, yeah, our lives. Oh, yeah. Marlena. And that's Marlena. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for days fans who have hung on for so long. You know that when you see Maggie, it just makes you smile. It makes your heart kind of beat. It, you it know. does. Like, even right uh, now, for a character that has been on this show for 49 years, created by Bill motherfucking Bell, still involved in current story, with a good lace front? Oh, shit. And <laughs> the lace front. Yep. Not the lace Okay, Suzanne, No, uh, I'm telling you, a black woman named Belinda did that lace front for her, okay? We've had this conversation. I got to in real life, okay? (laughs) My girl said, you ain't gonna catch her lace wear. Lace wear. (laughs) Thank God nobody from Bold and Beautiful touched her. And I'm so happy that Lindsay Godfrey is back. I would have accepted the recast, and I'm so glad she's back. She need to come back ready to pop a baby out. The timeline is perfect for her to be nine months pregnant with Xander's baby. But you know Ron ain't gonna do it. That's too much like Ron. Well, they'll probably we love you, Ron. probably find her with the baby. So, like I said, they just need to turn Gwen into Jan Spears at this point because she's written herself into a corner. It's like what you're allowing Kristen to do to Sarah. You ain't coming back from that bad. Let me tell you, that's a turkey for next month. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, before we go, we kind of have to end tonight on a. Um, 
kind of more sad note. Um, well, damn, who did that? Huge uh, soap fan and one followed by so many. In fact, I believe we all followed her. Um, but funeral services were announced for Kimberly King, um, who many people followed um, at uh, Dario Life. I loved her. Wait, yeah. wait, wait. What, what was her name on Twitter? Um, at Dario yeah. Life. Um, she was. And I just found so out great. today. Yeah. Wow. Um, you said so, Dario Life? Daria wife. Uh, so condolences to her friends, her family, um, her other loved ones. She was always so amazing on soap Twitter, um, and she will be missed. Um, I want to talk to you, girl. Rest in peace, babe. I'm sure I'll talk to you. Next week, we'll be sitting down with uh, Grant Rudder of It's Grant's Rants. He'll be joining us as a guest co-host. And then in two weeks, we'll be sitting down with my bestie, Candace Mack. She'll be joining us on the panel as well. Um, that's so we can continue our celebration of our fifth season. Um, but before we get there, we always want to stay up to date with the co-host and stuff. So, Alan, where can our listeners find you on the Twitter? Wonderful. Tiggs, what about yourself? The Bim Master Part 2. Okay, you know. Oh, hon, Casey, where my girl Emmy at? Where she at? Oh, Emmy doing okay? She say hi. She listened to the show. She'll be back. That's my girl. <laughs> Jesus, Tiggs. Uh, <laughs> you know I got to be a ghetto bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, y- y'all know I got to be the ghetto clank. Mm-mm. So, Rodrigo, where can you find me? Mm-mm, baby. No, baby. Um, you can find me at Rodrigo's World 81. Wonderful. Wow, Go to- I felt like, Tiggs, for a moment, I felt like you were Drusilla and Rodrigo was maybe. I just... <laughs> okay. Get him up. Fuck, I'm ghetto, but I don't even like watermelon. Steve Burton. We all have our roles. Texas is a big personality. Rodrigo is the hot one. Casey's the moderator. I'm the blunt one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it's very much That's like, about right. Wait, what yeah, does that make Chaz? Right. Chaz gonna be the rich one. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Look, Chaz. I was, like I was I looking said, for I was looking for Miss Ellie in that motherfucker. I'm like, <laughs> Look, you know, you know, Chaz would be more like Sue Ellen. <laughs> oh, 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 drunk bitch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, he liked to pretend he's not, but still. Um, you can find me um, at KCS Hutch um, or moderating this fabulous panel because you can find our show on Twitter at the chat underscore podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the chat show podcast. We'll be back next week. We'll discuss everything with YNR and GH and Days and Grays and uh, anything. So we'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Wash your ass, wear a mask. And mind your business. And get brush vaccinated, your teeth. get boosted. And brush your teeth. <laughs> Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes, brush your damn teeth. Because, no, no, I appreciate y'all. Y'all be wearing y'all masks. That breath be smelling like a motherfucker up on them now. Now look now. Get some Listerine, baby. You smell them when you reheat fish in the microwave. So mm. oh God. Ugh. God, I hate that. <laughs> baby, get your air fryer. I'm serious. Oof. All righty. Good night, y'all. <laughs>
Night, night.